Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope your day is off to a fantastic start, and I feel very confident that we are going to make it better with today's episode. This is actually a listener request, and I get a lot of those. I love them. If you want to hear about something on the show, have me go deeper into a topic we've already talked about or dive into something we haven't yet touched on, let me know. This is your show as much as it is mine, so keep the requests coming. This particular request came from a few people after one of the more recent VIP emails, so I have a free email list, and every week I send out a story, an inspiration, something that really moved me or something that really moved one of my clients. And recently I sent out a very powerful lesson that one of my Primal Potential Masters Club members reminded me of on one of our webinars about how really The goal is the feeling. How we want to feel needs to lead before the things we should do, right? And it's easy to get sucked into that trap of the to-do list life and thinking of goals as checklists. Do this, do that, do the other thing. And then you do those things, but you still don't feel how you want to feel, whether that is you still don't feel confident or you still don't feel in control or you still don't feel that connection in your relationship that you thought you would feel if you did these things. So I went into that into the VIP in the VIP email and what I was reminded of by my client how it influenced how I was showing up in my romantic relationship with my boyfriend. And I got a bunch of emails from people that were like, "I love this and this was so helpful, but Can you tell me how it would apply to something like weight loss, to something like food? Because I love the idea, but can you take it to the next level with me? And I said, sure, absolutely. That is what we are going to do today. I'm going to get everybody on the same page with this idea, this concept. The goal is the feeling that I introduced in the VIP email, and then we're going to take it into implementation. What does this look like in action? How does this apply to different kinds of goals beyond just personal relationships? We're absolutely going to do that because I am all for setting goals. I think that is so important. But what I see every day and what has been unfortunately true in my own life so many times is that we set these goals and we do these things because we think that as we make progress or when we reach the end point, we're going to feel a certain way. We have this 
external goal, whether it is weight loss or paying down debt, and we believe and don't really investigate that it will hit this internal target. If I just lose weight, I'll feel more confident. External goal is weight loss. Internal target is confidence. Or if I pay down this debt, I'm going to be so much less stressed out. The external goal is paying down the debt. The internal target is feeling calm, feeling in control, feeling peaceful and not stressed out. But the reality is that external goals don't hit internal targets. So what do we do then? That is where this concept that the goal is the feeling, that's where that comes from. So we're going to dive into what that means, what it looks like, what it doesn't mean, and more importantly, by request, how we apply it to different types of goals, money, relationships, food, weight loss, etc. Before we do that, though, I want to get a little bit of business in as well. Many of you know that I am insanely protective of this podcast space. That is one of the reasons that there's not a whole lot of guests on the show, because I want to make sure that when they are, it's a good fit and it serves you. And that is my primary objective here, not to trade favors to get on other people's show. That's really common in the podcast world. Like, I'll go on your show if you'll go on mine, but what that has meant for me looking at it, is that sometimes you're you're sacrificing the, the theme of your show, the value of your show, the heart of your show to move yourself forward. And I've never felt good about that. And that's why I'm super selective about guests, but it's also why I'm super selective about sponsors. It would be fantastic to have a sponsor for every single show, and I don't. And that is a very intentional decision. I've turned down multiple dozens of sponsorship offers because it just didn't feel right for the show. And I only have two sponsors and not every episode of the uh, podcast, only about half of them are sponsored right now. And the two sponsors are Thrive Market and Fabletics. And the reason that I've said yes to those two, and I like to be transparent about this stuff because I think it matters. The more you guys know what I'm trying to do here and the more I know why you're here and what you you need, the more effective we're going to be. So as open and clear as I am with you, I welcome that in return. When there are things you want to hear, I want to know about it. When there are struggles that you are having, I want to know so that this is the most valuable space it can possibly be for you, for you. And I mean that. So when I have sponsors on the show, it is, my prerequisite is that I am a raving fan first and foremost and think that what they are doing matters. And that was the case with Fabletics. I first signed up for Fabletics in 2014 because I was working out more. I had lost a lot of weight. I was getting to the point where I was going to the gym on a regular basis and I wanted to feel comfortable in my clothes because for most of my life, athletic gear just like didn't fit me well. I didn't really seem to find things that were super functional and size 26, you know what I mean? Um, And so as I lost weight and I got more active, it was a new world for me of wearing clothes that I could move in and feel good in. And I found that most of them were really freaking expensive. And I am, as you know, I am a proud penny pincher. And the idea of spending 
$110 on a pair of leggings or $70 on a sports bra. Well, I just really, really, really struggled with that. And so I was a Fabletics customer in 2014 and 2015 and 2016 and 2017. And when they came to me in 2018 with this opportunity, it was a strong yes. And if it's not for me a strong yes, then it is an absolute no. When I have a sponsor, it's because I feel like they can add value to your life. And in the case of Fabletics, it's not just that they have workout clothes that are far more affordable. It's that I really believe that when we can move different levers to make it more likely that we want to be active, hello, yes, please. So for those of you who maybe are trying to get more active, but maybe you don't yet feel like it, it's something that you feel like you have to discipline your way into, I would say give Fabletics a try because you might be very surprised at how your motivation increases a little bit when you have some clothes that are comfortable, that are flattering, and that you can move well in. Because I don't want to work out if I feel like I have to yank up my pants or pull up my bra or anything like that. That's just not cool at all. So... Maybe that's one of the ways that you live out what we're going to be talking about today where the goal is the feeling. And instead of trying to white knuckle willpower or discipline yourself to get to the gym, maybe you make it a little bit easier by making yourself feel like it by the way that you dress. So I've done a few posts on the blog about the things I really like most from Fabletics, the bras I have, I'm a fairly large-chested female, Um, the bras that work best for me, the leggings that work best for me, I'll link to that blog post over in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 561. If you want to see, these are things I've bought myself that I wear regularly. Um, If you want to see what those are, just head to the show notes. You can see that there and give them a try. Like you've, you've really got nothing to lose Because it's super affordable. If you're brand new to Fabletics, you go to fabletics.com forward slash primal potential. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. Fabletics.com forward slash primal potential. And you're going to get two pairs of leggings for 24 bucks, which you're not going to find that really anywhere, especially not in the quality and the style that they make available. So I want to show Fabletics some love because I love that they're making it more accessible to wear clothes you feel good in and can be active in, and because I want you guys to start thinking outside of the box in terms of things you can do other than rely on discipline and willpower to get you in the feeling of doing the things you want to do. So check them out, fabletics.com forward slash primal potential. You can also go to the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 561. The links will be there along with the links to to some of my favorite pieces from them. Um, It's super important to me to just be real and authentic on this show. So you won't ever hear me talking about any company that I don't just wholeheartedly believe in. And that is certainly the case here. Okay, the goal is the feeling. As I mentioned, I wrote this email 
because it was a powerful reminder for me about something I was going about in the wrong way in my relationship. I want certain things for my romantic relationship in terms of connection and in terms of closeness and in terms of ease, right? I want my house to be a lighthearted, joyful house, not a tense, walk on eggshells, fiery arguments kind of home. I want it to be a haven. And I want my relationship to feel easy, even though we all know relationships are work. But I was kind of going about it in the wrong way. And that is why I wrote this email. And what we're going to do is bring everybody up to speed on that I'm going to go into some pieces of the email that I didn't dive into in the email, but I've thought about since getting some questions about it, and then talk about how it applies outside of relationships in the realm of things like food and weight loss. I actually also wrote a chapter about this in Chasing Cupcakes. Um, Chapter 8 is all about how external goals won't hit internal targets. And at the end of today's episode, I'm going to read you the list of questions that's found at the back of Chapter 8. Every chapter ends with either a list of questions to ask yourself or a specific challenge to give yourself. So we um, we will go over that as well. Before I share with you um, pieces of this email, I want to share a message that I heard from Preston Smiles. I don't know how many of you follow Preston Smiles on Instagram, but holy moly, he is a ball of energy and a ball of motivation. He was telling this story about how his mom kind of evolved out of a really bad neighborhood and into a nicer neighborhood. And, And when he was talking about it, he said, She moved to a new location, but she never shifted her consciousness. And that's really what we're we're talking about, trying to make sure we avoid here. You know, for me, it is easy to see where people have lost a lot of weight or created success in business, but they haven't shifted their consciousness. And that is why so many people put weight back on. That is why so many people get out of debt and then reaccumulate the debt because You move in this way, but your mindset stays the same. New outside, same inside. How people can lose weight and still be really unhappy. That was true for me. Or come into a lot of money and still feel really empty. New outside, same inside. New location, same consciousness. That is why this message of the goal is the feeling is so, so, so important. So let me share with you some pieces of this email. It came because we were having our monthly live webinar in the Master's Club, and we were talking about specific strategies that we were each using to create change and implement ideas that resonated with us in Chasing Cupcakes because that's the book that we are reading for the month. And I asked the question on the live webinar, what change do you want to create? And, you know, lots of people are typing in responses to me and I'm reading them out loud. And one person said, I want to be excited about my day. I want to feel proud and determined. She said, it's not important what I'm trying to accomplish. The goal is the feeling. 
it's not important what I'm trying to accomplish. The goal is the feeling. Another way of saying that is what, what she was getting at is it's less about the things I do and more about how I'm doing them. How I feel as I go through my day versus what I do as I go through my day. And I shared in the email, you know, yeah, this isn't like a novel concept. It's certainly come up before. It's it's the essence of chapter eight in the book, differentiating between the external goal and the internal target. But you know how sometimes you just hear the right thing at the right time, even if you've heard it a million times before and because of what's happening in your life or how you're feeling in that moment, it just strikes you like a lightning bolt. That's what happened to me when when she typed that. And I I put a card in the mail to her the following day, just like, thank you for saying that. Thank you for being the person who has the thought and puts it into words, not for yourself, but for what you might gift to other people when you do that. It's always why in the 12 Weeks of Transformation, I'm like, share, share, share. Whatever you're comfortable sharing, never share anything you're not comfortable sharing, but it's not about you being in the limelight. It is about the gift you give to other people and the way that you're not saying anything maybe they haven't heard before, but maybe just hearing it the way you said it at the moment you said it, it cracks their world right wide open. So as soon as she said it, something shifted in my thinking And it showed me a flaw in the way I had been approaching one of my own primary goals. And she she kept typing and she said, you know, it's it's about commitment to the process more than attaching to the outcome. And we talk about that, too. But when we marry those two ideas together, committing to the process, but the goal is the feeling, the process that we're committing to isn't about checking boxes. It is about committing to emphasizing that feeling, creating that feeling day in and day out, that takes the commitment to the process to a whole other valuable and specific level. Because if we just say we're committed to the process, then we can do that with a really bad attitude or as a martyr, right? With the gym example I was talking about with Fabletics, oh, I just need to go to the gym. That's a commitment to the process. I'm going to show up whether I feel like it or not. But we can do that with a bad attitude. And so maybe we're doing the right things. We're getting to the gym. We're eating well. We're getting our work done. We're minimizing distractions. But we're not happy. Or we're not confident. Or we don't feel at peace. We're anxious all the time. We're stressed out all the time. What good is the process without the feeling we want? We can commit to the process while we moan and we groan about the choices we're making. We can make the best choices in the world consistently and still be unhappy, disconnected, and unfulfilled. But when the feeling is the goal, we immunize ourselves against the negative perspectives that so often go along with goal pursuits, with external targets. We ensure that, yeah, we're doing the work. But we're doing it in a way that allows us to enjoy our lives. So as soon as she said this, you know, I'm committing to the process, but the goal is the feeling. I started to think about my own goals and my own processes. And that's that's very much the flow of these Master's Club webinars. Like 
we're all sharing how the same concept applies to us very differently because some people are really focused on food. Some people are focused on hydration. Other people are focused on money or mindset or relationships. And so I had shared with the Master's Club that my priority this year, and I have a few of them, but one of them is to have a really happy, peaceful, lighthearted relationship, well, with everybody in my life. But in this in this situation, I was talking about with my boyfriend. And I shared that if you were to look at my calendar, how I spend the hours in my day, it would tell you that my work is my priority, not my relationship. And when we look at how I spend my time, like I'm working, and then when I'm done work, the relationship gets whatever is is left over. And I had been taking a very process-oriented approach to creating a, a different vibe in my relationship, especially, you know, new house, living together, all great opportunities for kind of a fresh start. But it was a very task-focused approach. Shut your computer when he wakes up. Give at least 20 minutes of time before diving into the work or just saying, good morning, I'm working and getting back to that. Making time to cook meals instead of saying I'm too busy. Not huffing and puffing if he asks me to do something during a time that I had planned to work or something like that. But going back to the goal being the feeling, As soon as she said that, I saw a flaw in my approach because I want to feel more connected. I want to feel more joy and lightheartedness in that relationship. So I can execute all of those things. I closed my computer. I said yes when he wanted to, you know, go out for lunch in the middle of the day. I can do all of those things and still not create the feelings I'm after of joy and connectedness and lightheartedness. If The goal is the feeling, and I'm leading with how I want to feel. It's not about what I do. It is about how I do it. I don't want to focus on checking the boxes only to realize that I still haven't hit the target that I'm trying to hit. It's a combination of specific intention and targeted action, but around how you want to feel, right? The comment on that webinar, the goal is the feeling and I'm committed to the process, it allowed me to ask myself, how can I create more connectedness today? How can our interactions be more lighthearted today? How can I infuse joy into our time together today? And not surprisingly, my answers have nothing to do with cooking dinner or closing my laptop. And I was so grateful for that moment of insight and how it allowed me to change my approach. It is about how I want to be in this versus what I should do in this. Putting the being the way I want to be over the doing the things I should do. 
And I want to reiterate that these concepts that can change our whole process don't have to be new to us, right? This came up a few months ago, maybe more than that, last spring in the Master's Club. One of my one of my dear friends in there had shared, and I wrote this in the email, how she realized she was going about the like great mom, great wife, wife pursuit the wrong way because she was spending so much time making sure she was on top of cleaning the house and on top of the laundry and making homemade bone broth and all of this stuff. But the vibe in her home wasn't what she wanted to be. She felt tense and anxious and pressured. And her family did too, her husband and her kids. And so one day, and this is one of the reasons I love her, her insight, she straight up asked them, what makes you feel most loved by me? When are you enjoying our time together the most? Like what feels best in this house? And not surprisingly, their answers had nothing to do with the laundry being done and her staying on top of that or staying on top of the cleaning or the lengths that she would go to to make homemade bone broth. They wanted her to snuggle and to laugh and to listen. When the goal is the feeling, everything shifts. And I gave some examples about how this applies to like food and and fat loss, but I'm going to go deeper into that. But in the email, I said, you know, you can be very process oriented with nutrition. I'm going to eat more veggies. I'm going to snack less often. I'm going to stop eating after dinner. You can do that and hate it the whole way along. You can be eating well, but not be happy. When the goal is the feeling, everything shifts. I want to feel proud and confident. I want to feel full and full of energy. What choices make me feel that way? When you decide to be led by how you want to feel, you've created a hedge against negativity and martyrdom. And it makes your pursuit, whatever that pursuit is of, more pleasurable and it increases your chances of consistency. The joy is in the journey. And if your journey doesn't feel joyful, that's an opportunity. It's a red flag to say, the goal is the feeling. How do you want to feel? What choices facilitate those feelings? And what choices don't make you feel the the way you want to feel? And what can you do about it today? What can you do about it today? If you have not yet read chapter eight of Chasing Cupcakes, do that because it goes into so much specificity in terms of the difference between external goals and internal targets and walking you through the process of creating those shifts. Um, And I will say this again. I said it on a previous episode. If you haven't yet bought it and you don't like to read, I gotcha. Not only do I gotcha because you can listen to it. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to it for free. Like, no money. If you go to Audible Trial, what was that, Elizabeth? No, no money. Okay, bear with me. Yeah. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Primal Potential. If you are new to Audible, you don't like to read, you don't want to buy a book, you get distracted, you don't have time, whatever it is, especially since you're a podcast listener, listening will be easy. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Primal Potential. You're going to get a month free on Audible and a free audiobook of your choice. So it doesn't have to be Chasing Cupcakes, but I highly recommend it. So audibletrial.com forward slash Primal Potential, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So let's go back to the starting point of questions here. How do you want to feel? And if you are somebody that's like, I don't know, I get it, because I used to be that way too. Those kinds of questions, especially 
when I had been so unhappy for so long and so unfulfilled for so long? I don't know. I just don't want to feel bad. That's a powerful place to start. How do you not want to feel? And once you identify how you don't want to feel, okay, well, what kinds of choices make you feel that bad way you don't want to feel or that dissatisfied way or that anxious way you don't want to feel? What are some of the things that contribute to that? Let's break this down per the specific request for this episode how this idea applies to weight loss. How do you think you will feel differently? What will be different about how you feel once you hit your weight loss goal? What do you think will be different about how you feel? If you were to wake up tomorrow at your goal weight, and it doesn't have to be weight, it can be money. If you were to wake up tomorrow and your financial situation was exactly the way you want it to be or your relationship situation, your career situation, whatever, how would you feel differently? That's where we want to start. Write those things down. If I were answering this question when I was deep in the heart of my struggle, that sounds like a country song, doesn't it? What is with me today? I'm being weird. I am weird. So it fits. When I was deep in the heart of my struggle, I'm never going to be able to say that again without like thinking of some crazy country song. I would have said, if I woke up tomorrow and I was exactly as fit and as lean as I want to be, I'll be more confident. I'll be more calm. I'll be less obsessed with food. I'll feel like relaxed. Okay. Instead of seeing those as end results, as this thing you have to earn, as disconnected from something you can do today, I want you to see them instead as a process. They're not an end goal. They're not the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. They are a process and a practice for today, for today. If you think that you would suddenly be less obsessed about food tomorrow when you wake up, if you were just at your dream weight body composition, instead how I want you to think about it is, what would it look like today to act in a way that's just more calm around food, right? Maybe instead of the panic, like, oh my gosh, seriously, he brings in donuts the day I decide that I'm going to avoid sugar today? Go figure. Maybe instead of that perspective of drama and panic, today you practice, got it. He brought in circles of dough and I'm not going to eat them today and that's fine because I know where the donut shop is and if I want to go there tomorrow, I can go there tomorrow. But today, it's really not a big deal. And so you practice, the goal is the feeling. You practice embodying that feeling in the day you're in. What are the choices that will make you feel that way? And what are the choices that won't? And what can you do about it? For me, and when it comes to the goal is the feeling outside of my relationship, I want to feel really at ease as I go through my work day. Because I've spent many, many years going through the workday with like this sense of, ah, there's so much to do and there's not enough time. And and the feeling that I've created in many of my workdays is stress and pressure and panic. So when the goal is the feeling, it's what do I need to do differently today so that I feel calm and relaxed and not rushed in my work? 
And maybe your first thought is, uh, I don't know, give half my to-do list away. But if that's not an option, it's, okay, well, given what I have to do, how can I do it in a way? How can I think about it in a way? How can I behave in a way that I'm like, I'm just relaxed? And for me, it's reminding myself, like, I'm not a brain surgeon, so the thing that I wanted to do today doesn't get done today. If I, I would rather trade lower productivity for more peace, happiness, and fulfillment, I'll make that trade any freaking day. But the reality is, when I'm calm and I'm not rushed and I'm not stressed, I actually get more done. So it's not a trade-off. Even though I kind of thought it might be, well, if I, if I relax, I'm not going to get everything done. That was a fear that I totally made up. What has turned out to be true is that the more chill I am, the less anxious I am, the less distracted I am, and the more efficient I am. The goal is the feeling. It's about how you want to be instead of all you need to do. So let's think about weight loss and the request for specificity here in this episode. Let's think about weight loss from the perspective of being instead of doing. Most people take the doing approach. I need to eat less. I need to exercise more. I need to drink more water. I need to cut back on carbs. That's a list of things to do. Rather than what is the way I want to be? Let's put the focus there. How do I want to be today? How do I want to show up today? I want to be someone who eats when I truly need fuel, not because something's just there and it looks good and so like a starved animal, I grab it and shove it down my throat. Okay, how can I be that way today? Well, I can just eat when I'm really hungry. And if I'm not really hungry, I'll come back to it later. Period. Great. Show up that way just for today. And it's the same thing in relationship. The perspective of doing versus the perspective of being. Being is about how you show up, how you feel, who you are. Doing is the to-do list life. I should text him once a day and say, I love you. I should initiate sex this many times a week. I need to make sure not to nag about the dishes in the sink versus... I want to be present. I want to be loving in my communication. I want to be understanding. How do I want to feel? I want to feel connected and lighthearted. Well, those feelings don't arise from doing things. They show up when I behave a certain way. How I choose to respond in tense moments. So I want you guys to think about these questions. How do I want to feel? What creates that feeling for me? What doesn't? How can I practice it today? If you want to feel calm, how can you choose to be calm for the next 10 minutes in the next one interaction? Right? And this is not just something we do for goal pursuit. Setting a goal to be and feel the way you want to feel today. But it also helps us in our communication with other people. When we're aware of how we want to feel, it's not just about goals. It is about being a more effective change agent in your own life. So the other day I was like super stressed and frustrated about an issue with my car. And I was thinking through this episode because I knew I had to record it the following morning And so I started to ask myself, like, how do I want to feel in this situation? Because I felt stressed. I felt angry. I felt distrustful. And so when I walked into the dealership, 
I was able to communicate so much more clearly because I said, you know, right now I'm upset and I feel like I can't trust your work and I feel like I can't trust my car and I'm worried that you're going to continue to take my money and not fix the problem. So I need your help so that I can feel confident that this is going to be taken care of. And I need your help so that I can feel a sense of certainty and not be in this constant limbo of like, do I have a car? Do I not have a car? When am I going to get my car back? Is it going to work? When we create this practice, not just related to our goals, but every aspect of our life, how do I want to feel? Then we can get what we want out of life instead of just leaving it to chance. When you live this idea that the goal is the feeling, you are going to become much more effective in every interaction. Those that are just personal to you, food, fitness, sleep, stress, work, but also in your relationships with other people. You're not putting it in their hands to behave in a way that makes you feel good. You know how you want to feel and you begin to become very connected to what that's going to take, which gives you a lot more direction in what you can do, but it also helps you communicate that to other people, whether that is the person at the car service center or it's your spouse. This is a powerful tool. The goal is the feeling. It is a tool for you and your health. It is a tool for your relationships. It's a tool for your work. And this came up in episode 559 that I did with, with Jen about the identity journaling and how it's so easy to slip into like the list work mode, get this done and that done and the next thing. And you can ride that train all the way to being productive and stressed out and wound up. But when the goal is the feeling... It's not about the work you do in a day. It's about how you do it. We're talking about how we want to be versus what we need to do. We're talking about the internal targets we're trying to hit versus the external goals we're setting. We're talking about how we do things, not just the things we do. Not just the things we do. And this came up just the other day with my 12 Weeks to Transformation. One of my clients emailed me because she really wants to be somebody who's consistent in working out. She wants to be somebody who gets in a workout every day and prioritizes her health and prioritizes her strength. But she's not there. And she said, I hate it. I hate everything about working out, even the little things that make no sense for me to hate. Like, I hate putting on my workout clothes. This is what she was telling me. I hate driving to the gym. I hate being at the gym. I hate that people can see me there working. I hate getting hot and sweaty. I hate pushing myself in that capacity. And she said, but I'm determined to just suck it up and do it anyway. Spoiler alert, that's probably not going to be very effective. So I asked her, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? And the first response she said was, I don't know. And I said, okay, so think about it. It's all right that you don't know, but think about it. And she said, I just want to feel good in my body. I want to feel strong and capable. I think there's a confidence that I'll have if I feel better about my physical body. And I said, okay, so start there. Don't start with like, I've got to go to the gym. Start smaller than that. Maybe it's just the way you carry yourself, your posture, sit up straight. That's going to make you feel better in your body than slouching. Start with that, right? 
And then if the goal is the feeling, I want to feel better in my body, I want to feel physically more comfortable in my skin, then take the perspective, okay, what are two things I could do today that would make me feel that? Maybe it's not the gym today. Maybe it is tomorrow. But instead of this approach of like, I should go to the gym, I don't want to go to the gym, how do I want to feel And then if it is a day where you're like, I'm going to go to the gym, it's with the perspective of I'm doing this so that I can feel this way that I want to feel versus I'm doing this thing I should do because I've told myself I should do it. Practice this. The goal is the feeling. It's going to make change easier and it's going to ensure that you're not working so hard to hit a target only to find that it's not the target you hoped you would hit, that it didn't leave you feeling the way you want to feel. All right, so let's wrap up here. I want to know how you're putting this into practice, what you are doing differently, more of or less of, to create the feeling you want to feel, to put being how you want to be over doing the things you should get done. So you can leave a comment on the show notes. You can direct message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. You can comment over on Instagram. That is a great way as well. Or Facebook, of course. But I want to know how you are putting this into practice. Maybe it's as simple as instead of, like for me, one of my big things is instead of working from home in oversized sweats and no bra, I take a shower, I put on mascara, I put some clothes on. That facilitates how I want to feel versus checking the boxes of all of these different to-dos. The goal is the feeling. The goal is the feeling. I want to wrap up um, with questions, like I said, from the end of chapter eight of Chasing Cupcakes. This is um, pages 188 and 189. What is it that you'll have, be, experience, or feel when you reach your goal that you don't have now? What do you want to feel that you don't feel now? What do you want more of in your life? What do you want less of? What contributes to your happiness? What contributes to your unhappiness? What makes you feel calm? What arouses stress or anxiety? What are your internal goals? What are your external targets? What can you do to pursue that internal target separately instead of assuming it will come along with the achievement of your external goal? When you get to the end of your life, how would you have to live to consider it a great success? How do you define a happy life? What are the gaps between that happy life you've defined and the life you're living now? What can you do today to begin to bridge that gap? Again, that's the questions at the end of chapter eight of Chasing Cupcakes. We will wrap up with a listener win. I love sharing your wins, whether they are huge wins, little wins, food-related wins, lifestyle wins, mindset wins. Tag me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton or direct message me there or message me on Facebook. What are your wins? You can also leave them over on the show notes. I got this one. Um from a listener and it says, this morning I got an email from a corporate executive that made me feel stupid and disappointed at myself. 
After rolling around in self-pity and writing and deleting the email drafts I thought would make me feel better if I sent them, I thought something that I have many times in the past. I'm just going to get a honey bun and a diet Dr. Pepper. That'll make me feel better. Then I said, no, that has been my practice, but I'm going to start a new practice. So I went to the office kitchen, brewed some tea, took a five minute break and went back to my desk. I did not send the email. I did not eat the carbs and down the diet drink that makes me crave more sweets. It doesn't change how that person made me feel, but I feel victorious about changing my practice. Thanks, EB, for your podcast and for chasing cupcakes. I appreciate you and feel God put you in my path to help me overcome my food abuse patterns and replace them with new, healthier patterns. Transformation is now, as you say. All right, guys, keep those wins coming. It is such a joy to read them and to share them. Put the feeling first and practice that. Learn from your practice and let me know how I can help. Make today amazing. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.